0: like I, hold your head up high, till you find the blue bird of happiness, you will find greater peace of mind, knowing there's a blue bird of happiness, Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. In this episode, I will be completing my thoughts about Dick's 1966 novel, The Crack in Space. Um, As I've been arguing, I think this is a really politically relevant novel for our own time. And although it may feel dated and it strikes many Philip K. Dick fans as being not one of his best works and being a bit off in terms of its themes and approach, especially you don't have a lot of the elements of the drug culture and Psychedelic alternate realities and even the question of what is human is addressed here But it's addressed in ways that aren't conventional for for Philip Dick novels of this period Nevertheless, I think it's a very relevant political novel By Philip Dick because it deals with questions of, of Access to employment in an automated economy What do we do about population? How do we even define overpopulation? Is it possible to have an overpopulated world, or is it? Is it? Are we dealing with an overpopulated economy, economy that doesn't need people as much as it once used to? Um, it also deals with the politics of how we understand our own history. How, you know, are Homo sapiens by nature conquerors? Are uh, people? Are other, were other hominids, human beings that were victims of genocide? These are questions at the backdrop of the novel as well, which maybe not aren't as politically relevant today, but I think are still things that shape how we look at our own history. Is our history just one of conquest and violence or are there alternatives? Can we find a, a way of expanding our role in this world and in this universe without, without going to war with others and dominating them? So the, the real plot of the novel deals with a presidential campaign uh, where a president, a, a guy running to be the first black president wants to use the issue of freeing people who are in cryogenic suspension indefinitely by finding a new planet they can live on. Just as he pursues his campaign, a planet is discovered by accident in a parallel universe. It's actually an alternate Earth. Unfortunately, it's populated with a large population of... of descendants of Peking man of homo erectus and this throws a wrench in any plans to emigrate to this this new planet so as where we left off a lot of the optimism for solving earth's most pressing problems fades away as new questions emerge about the ethics the practicality and just the the overall you know logistics of of actually settling a planet that's not empty, that has a a large population on it, and a population with an unknown technological capacity. Can they resist, for instance? Um, And we're left thinking that it's inevitable that Homo sapiens, when they encounter other species, even their close relatives, will just conquer them. And so there's a few more chapters. Today in this episode, I want to look at the final four chapters and then go back and talk about what I think are the important themes of, of this this novel okay so chapter 11 now they run into the, this group of people including jim briskin who's running for president on a platform of using this planet to solve the bib problem they're going through this alternate earth and they run into a group of peking man and they introduce and they talk through a translation machine and the peking man identifies himself as bill smith now this is Kind of just through the translator, though. It's not his real name. Sal Haim, the campaign manager for Briskin, wonders how Briskin can adopt his message due to the presence of another sentient species on this planet. Maybe there'll be a form of segregation that will work. And this, of course, would be a troubling thing for uh, the first black president to actually suggest. Like a, Maybe the peaks can get Eurasia and... and You know, human homo sapiens can get North America, you know, just to segregate them on the same planet. There's plenty of room, apparently. Sal um, explains to Briskin, though, that such a segregation will not hold for long. It will likely lead to the conquest of the Americas all over. One species has to dominate. There's not enough room on a planet for two species is the idea we're left with. At best, the the peaks will survive and eventually be given full legal rights under the Constitution. The political, legal, and social problems that this would engender would be endless. So Sal, always the pessimist, is, is thinking about these things. Now, Sparky Rivers, who's a prostitute who works in a satellite, and we met her earlier in the novel, she arrives at Pethel Jiffy Scutler Repair, and this is the center place of all this commotion because it's, it's a broken Jiffy Scuffler at this company that, that produced the rent. She tells Stuart Haley that she plans to emigrate to the New Earth um, because George Walt has unexpectedly shut down orbiting brothel george walt we met earlier in the novel is either like a kind of a mutant post human or a trans human his total nature is a bit unclear he's two personalities in one now it seems that one of the personalities is a robotic one is is artificial but he makes his living running a a brothel an orbiting brothel and but he shut it down and the prostitutes are out of work so Hadley explains that they'll need to wait for clearance from Terran Development to go there, but he thinks he can get it through his employer. Pethel ret- returns to Hadley's demands for passage over him and his new lover, Sparky. So this Hadley has hooked up with this prostitute. And finally, he's able to convince Pethel to help him to emigrate. And so we not only do we have this new world being a potential home for the bibs who are in cryo-freezing, it's also for anyone who wants to go there right it's it's an open door apparently potentially i should say it's a potential open door for anyone who wants to go there so it becomes a true frontier dream something dick always likes to return to now leo turpin is thinking about how Terran development can manage to turn a profit from the situation he's he's an old jerry who's who's running Terran development and and he's trying to save the situation the same way that Briskin is trying to save his campaign. He thinks, is there something we can do? He says, maybe this other place can still be a mining frontier. Turpin tells Don Stanley, another person in Terran Development, that he wants to meet one of the Peking men. Later, he is approached from a representative of the current president. This representative is named Tom Rosenfeld, and he's from the Special Welfare Office. And these are the ones who deal with the BIPs, the, the people in cryo. And he specifically wants to use this alternate earth as a relocation space for Bibs. He thinks that they can save the president's campaign for re-election by acting quickly and solving the Bib problem before Jim Briskin can make it a political issue. He's willing to pay a massive amount of money to Terran Development to move 100 million Bibs across the rent as quickly as possible. Turpin calculates that since the rent is so small, basically people can go through one at a time, it would take 20 years to get the 100 million people across, if they basically lined up and went across one after another. Turpin calculates that since the rent is so small, this you know it would take way too long. It's, and it's not only just people would have to get across, right? Supplies and, and all that. It's a big mess, and it's just going to take too long. Turpin orders Stanley to find a way to expand the rent and make it bigger. Later, he hears of Pethel's request to allow this, quote-unquote, Mr. and Mrs. Hadley, who's actually... Hedley and, and this prostitute to emigrate. Turpin grants his approval and he meets the couple and he's delighted when he realizes that these are the first emigrants would be a brothel customer and a, a prostitute. So he's kind of touched by that but also the symbolism of it uh, would be useful politically. So that's chapter 11. So in chapter 12 we, we see that bibs are already being moved through the rent and it's being used and the government just going ahead with this and regardless of what the peak problem of the indigenous population, none of that is solved. They're just shoving shiv- shiv- people through. And this is supported by the sitting president and it's a challenge to Jim Briskin, who was running on this as a solution. So if the current president can do it, why do we need a new guy? Darius Pethel, though, has concerns over the migration after his meeting with with um, people in the government. Sal Haim also has doubts that these migrants will survive, but Jim Gris- Briskin is... Is sort of optimistic that maybe they'll adapt. Hein's biggest concerns are political. Salih, what will it mean now that the president has taken leadership over migration? Meanwhile, George Walt has disappeared since he shut down his satellite, and Jim wonders if he has migrated somehow, hiding his identity. Maybe he's gone through the rent, and this will be an important point in the last couple of chapters. Leon Turpin reports that Terran development has found a way of expanding the rift. Briskin still second-guessing wonders if this is just to force bibs to migrate and he's concerned about the ethics of forcing migration So, you know in a way we got a lot of tensions here between like the like government ethics and should government just do things because it can and because it's politically expedient or Or you know Or should the morality of of government actions always be be considered? So you know, Tito Crivelli finds out he's kind of a mastermind in this novel. He always finds out whatever whatever the characters need to know. He's um, I mean that's kind of an easy device for, for Philip Dick to use here just to feed information to our characters. But here once again Tito Crivelli brings precious information to Jim Briskin. And the news is that George Walt is indeed living with the peaks and and that he not only abandoned his satellite, his Poor house satellite and not only did he emigrate he's now living with the peaks and the peaks are worshiping him as a as a wind god essentially briskin starts to really worry about this whole emigration program both politically and practically uh, but creveli tells him that it's it's really not you can't stop it now if you stop it you'll be seen as the one betraying your promise to to solve the bib problem it would certainly kill his candidacy now that night uh News comes to Terran, uh, the Terran um, development and to the new, and to the government that, that they've successfully expanded the rent to you know to make it larger so, so more people can go through. This is what uh, the government wanted. The engineer points out with that this done the rent seems to lead to a different place though because when, now when they go through, it's a swamp. And they figure they'll need to repair the damage and hope that they can restore the original power supply and open the rent to the same place in time because by expanding the rent, they, they transformed the time and and they don't quite know where or when it's going, it just seems to be a different place. So they try to shut it down, the rent, from their side, but it stays open on the other side. So somehow some power supply from the peak side of the rent is keeping it going. Um, So once again, we learn that the peaks seem to have a technological capacity well beyond what the, the humans believe. They look through and they see a strange shape moving. Stanley has the same feeling of foreboding that he had when he first visited the Golden Door satellite earlier. Don Stanley launches a QB satellite around the planet. This they had launched before and it was destroyed. But he learns by the satellite that this is another, this is the same Earth, but it's a century in the future. So by expanding the rent, they, they change the time by, by which they, they travel to. All signs of the colonization are gone, meaning all the humans that had went across seem to have been killed off or, or whatever. They finally dig up some old relic, relics and skeletons, showing that they had been there. It's almost like a Rowan colony, like there's just remnants of it left. They died of possibly diseases, maybe the peaks killed them, they came over at that point in small numbers the only way to repair the damage then at this point is to destroy the power source that's keeping the rent open on the other end stanley starts to head home dreading that he's gonna have to face turpin and the president the next day with this bad news however before they can leave his office he sees a figure in the shadows that he identifies as george walt now george walt if this is the century in the future george walt who's i think already old when the novel begins is like ancient right he's been holding on for a long time but he's transhuman so him living a long time is not outside of the possibility of the realm of possibility. So chapter 613 Jim Briskin is eating breakfast and he's watching TV and George Walt's image appears on the television screen. He announces that he is now a king and that his army of peaks will aid his conquest of earth. The peaks are more advanced than humans had thought having had been able to having the ability to manipulate time and space that their primitive technology didn't show the full extent of their powers. He introduces a peak as their great spiritual and philosophical leader. This peak calls George Walt a wind god. Briskin realizes that whoever gets blamed for this catastrophe will lose the election. Will it be him or will it be the government? Salheim is trying to reach Briskin after seeing George Walt's speech. The Peak is listing his powers, including his ability to walk through solid objects and use magic. He has apparently telepathic powers as well. Tito Crivelli calls and lets Haim know that this attack is coming from 100 years in the future, at least from the Peak's point of view. So George Walt apparently went back there and he had 100 years to prepare the Peaks for this, this invasion. Haim knows that he'll need to convince Briskin to make a deal with the Peaks or with George Walt. It's uncertain which one however organized the plan it is who's controlling things is it George Walt kind of pretending to be a god like cortez you know able to present you know present himself as a god to the aztecs again we have this mem- we're reminded of clo- actual colonial history of, of north america or is it the peaks that are in control it's not even clear because the peaks seem to have powers that no one thought Tito Crivelli, Jim Briskin, and Sal are trying to figure out some way to appease the Peaks and stop the invasion. They develop the idea of giving all of Earth's knowledge to them, maybe through the Library of Congress or giving them the Smithsonian Institute. But they're reminded they lack the political power to negotiate. The election still stands in the way. Briskin will attempt to pass the idea to Schwartz, the president, and maybe use him to negotiate. Returning from a meeting with Schwartz, Briskin decides that he must deal directly with George Walt at the Golden Door satellite. George Walt immediately rejects his offer of giving them the Smithsonian Institute, but the apparently mutated or evolved peak is interested in acquiring knowledge. He's he's more interested in knowledge than conquering uh, the the homo sapien earth. And he accepts this offer for the Smithsonian Smithsonian Museum and the the Library of Congress. Burskin reveals that George Walt is not a wind god to the peak though, and says he's actually a mere brothel keeper. The peak is offended and decides to reject all contact with Homo sapiens, and then he departs. George Walt is impressed with Briskin's politics and his exposure of an ability to use trickery and deceit to win an issue. Terran Development begins working on restoring the original status of the rent and returning the colonists, so somehow getting back to the moment where before the colonists were killed off and maybe maybe salvaging something of the situation. And then the final chapter of the book, Sal Haim and his wife, Patricia, are celebrating Jim Briskin's election to President of the United States. They decide to keep their celebration guest list small. Sal explains to Patricia that it was pride that led the Peaks to leave, even without the offered Smithsonian Institute. You know, so offended where they were at George Walt's lies, and so embarrassed they were that they didn't even take their prize back with them. Sal meditates on the lessons of George Walt, the Peaks, and the election. Certainly it will prove that the differences amidst humanity are small, and that the, the racial differences and the conflict between the colors and the whites are insignificant compared to the larger uh, differences out there in the in the world or in the universe. Stuart Hadley, returned from his abortive emigration effort with his, that young prostitute, decides he wants a job working for uh, the Jiffy Scuttler repair shop back. Uh, you know, this idea of someone. This is one of Dick's favorite professions, is the repairman. And so who wouldn't want to be a repairman? I think in the back of Dick's mind, he always wanted to be that. Um, I think that's the most honorable job. I mean, he writes a whole book called Galactic Pot Healer about about a repairman. <clears throat> Pethel, though, reminds him of the lessons of his effort to run away with a prostitute. He should accept the world as, he, as it is, he, he's told. Pethel wonders if Briskin will return to talk about terraforming as a new solution to the bit problem, which is still there, you know, since this other planet's not going to be good enough. Jim Briskin celebrates his victory as well when a peak enters the room. It's Bill Smith, the original one that they met, and he's been allowed to stay on their side of the rent. He talks about the past crisis, but Briskin shuts him down, saying that it is the past and that they must plan for the future. In the final scene of the novel, he... Meets with Bruno Mini, who is still eager to tell Briskin about his hopes for terraforming Uranus into something that the the Bibs can use. So that's the crack in space, a, a decent novel for me. It holds up. I, I think thematically, it's really important, though, more than it is as a as a work of great literature. So, what are the 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 themes of this novel? Well, the number one theme over writing everything is The Bib Problem and The Violence of Economic Inequality. So this is the central theme running through the entire novel The Crack in Space from the very first page to the end and that is the violence done to the poor and the old when the economy is controlled by one sector of society. In this case the economy is dominated by the Jerry's elders kept alive by artificial means. Did I say the poor and the old? I mean the poor and the young. Uh, the old here dominate the, the economy. The economy is overcrowded. The reason there's no work for the poor has more to do with technological unemployment than with overpopulation. We actually don't get a clear description that the world is overpopulated. It's just there's no jobs. We keep told there's no jobs for people. We're not told that there's like not enough resources to go around. Um, in fact, there's plenty of evidence that there are resources enough to go around. When the economy is overcrowded, the reason there's no work for the poor to do is... Is really a result of, of the technology and then the choices we make about how we distribute things. More people means more services and goods needed, so it's not clear why overpopulation would be a problem in a healthy economy, right? Now there's ecological concerns, I know that, and the Neo-Malthusians bring these up all the time, but technology in this world has made the need for work less, and those with jobs age because they don't need to retire. They can get art afford replacements. They don't die. They live for a long time. And so they don't retire. So they don't create new space for new workers to come in. There's really quickly no room for the poor and the minorities. The violence of this unequal access to economic opportunity is represented by the bib crisis. Many of these unneeded workers are put into suspension until work, maybe someday, opens up. Making things work And it was Dick's intention to clarify this point. Lurton Sands literally harvests these poor for organs that are then used to keep the rich and relatively secure elders alive. This is one of the sharpest images of economic inequality we get from Dick in his entire career. It's also one rooted in the very real experiences of working people and much of modern history. The novel Frankenstein, for instance, speaks directly of workers' concerns in the 18th and 19th century over scientists literally robbing the bodies of, Poor, dead the more the poor the marginalized and the criminal there's a wonderful book on this called the monsters of the market which which feeds into that so this is a very very central theme of the book and, and I think this is why we need to engage this book uh, you know at least a little bit another theme we can talk about is the effectiveness of politics the Crack in Space asks important questions about democratic politics. Much of the plot surrounds a democratic election for president. But what's striking about this is that the election comes after a decade when the people most hurt by the economy have been underrepresented and actively marginalized by a white, aging, and el- employed minority. Even as whites become a minority, the political system served the few, and increasingly, that was the minority. And it's even stated directly in numerical terms that colored people are the majority, yet they don't vote and the politicians represent whites. There's still no black president, of course. Dick didn't predict Obama. I mean, I guess you could say Jim Briskin is, is an Obama-esque character. I think there are some parallels in kind of the conservatism of the politics, the, the use of morality, the, the, the kind of attempt to, tie, to not offend white voters while also trying to reach out to minority voters. There's interesting parallels that one could make. The problem is he's not really fully trusted by non-white voters who assume he's a sellout, and he eventually takes advice from the cynical Sed Haim, who he often seems to doubt, and he doubts his own optimism about the future. Again, I think the comparisons to Obama are, are striking. In short, Briskin is quite fake, and everyone knows it. Even George Walt at the end learns that Briskin is not all he seems. In many ways, Briskin is just lucky to be running for president at a time when a reasonable solution to the bib crisis emerges. Nothing he did or could do changes the fundamental problem of the economy, making matters worse, strong racist organizations openly work, making it more difficult for any progressive politics to take hold. So there's really not a a really effective realm of politics here now the frontier now i talk a lot about the frontier in this podcast and i'm very interested in how dick imagines the frontier i think it's an underappreciated part of his work the frontier in the kraken space is three things at the same time it's one the promise of a new world two it's the failure and disappointment of it's a frustration over um, kind of a, a dream deferred i guess and its three, a vision of an alternate development. For Briskin and the Bibbs, the frontier was the hope for a new start, a blank slate that will allow them to escape the economic trap they're in. This feels very much how Dick described the frontier in many of his 1950 short stories. But this novel was written when Dick had apparently turned on the frontier. Martian time slip and the three Man of Palmer Eldridge came up before it. In fact, the alternative Earth in the Kraken space is a failure because it was not what the optimists dreamed it to be. It wasn't a blank slate at all. And this is the root of the problem of the great Martian frontier novels of the 60s. What is interesting is that the frontier still provides a solution by presenting an alternate history. In this case, the Peaks developed a more sustainable economy with human-scale technologies. This is in sharp contrast to the industrial, overpopulated, class-divided, and automated Earth uh, economy of Earth Prime. So although it does not provide an easy answer to the BIP problem, perhaps it's still a possible model for a more sustainable economy and world. Due to political realities and racism of the system, however, it's unlikely that anyone will see this. It's left for the reader to notice. Um, There's a lot in this novel also about celebrity and scandal. A minor theme in the book, but not insignificant, is the role of the media and the celebrity in the whole Lurton-Sands controversy. Sands is famous as a great physician, but his fame only grows as a result of a celebrity scandal. It's like an O.J. Simpson type of scandal. Um, someone who maybe people heard of, but he only becomes famous when, when really famous for everyone when there's a, a trial about him. He's facing a divorce from a wife who seeks to punish and humiliate him for keeping a mistress. This scandal becomes part of the social order, keeping the population distracted from important issues. Myra Sands makes her personal vendetta against her husband, National News. In doing this, however, she exposes real crime Thornton Sands commits, the harvesting of organs from bibs. This, however, is not a juicy point of interest. Everyone is interested in the sex. Most viewers of the scandal are more obsessed with the whereabouts of Sands' mistress and perhaps the things that Sands does to her. Um, another theme we have here is transhumanism. There are very strong transhumanist questions in the Kraken space. This is not a thing that Dick dwelled on as much as maybe post-humanism and mutation, but it is crucial to unlocking his vision of the future. The efforts to distance Dick from later cyberpunks is easily frustrated by acknowledging Dick's concerns about transhumanism in novels like The Crack in Space. We have two main examples of transhumanism here. Most central to the novel's concept is the ability of doctors to keep people alive essentially forever. Thus, even sex work becomes closed to younger workers. Tisbe Olt's role in the novel is to show that even with, with life extending technologies, even prostitution is not something that can be closed off to young work, can be closed out only to young workers. Even the old can dominate that. The other example of transhumanism we get is George Walt, who may be a mutant or maybe a cyborg. This gives him a special ability and even the powers to make himself a god among the peaks. This brings us to the central contrast with the cyberpunk genre. If the central theme of cyberpunk is a relationship between social inequality and technology, then the crack in space is clearly foreshadowing that tradition. Technology is unequally distributed and unequally beneficial. What is liberating, life-saving, and profitable for one sector of society becomes a tool of oppression for another. So the next theme I think we can point out is, is the whole theme of sexuality and reproduction. Early in the novel, there's this revealing moment when a candidate, Jim Briskin, reveals that although he is against the moral decline of society represented by the bibs in the satellite brothel the Golden Door, he has used an abortion counselor in the past. Dick has at great pains in this novel to point out that the sexuality has been redirected to banality. He's often tended to belittle the social role of sexuality that is not directed towards reproduction. He did the same thing, for instance, in Doctor Futurity. This is maybe unfortunate, And it gives some context to his constant moralizing about monogamy. Yet this moral message must be placed in the context of his overall anti-Malthusian arguments. Dick believed that a society that could not or chose not to reproduce had no future. Sterility is a great theme in The Game Players of Titan, Doctor Futurity, The Penultimate Truth, and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, most striking of all, perhaps. In all of these cases, the decline of society and the end of social progress is clearly modeled on the refusal or the inability of people to have children. The Kraken space provides an interesting situation of a sterile society in an overpopulated economy. Here, sterility is forced by the state. Having a child means losing access to the dole, which is itself necessary for the survival of the human kipple that fills out the margins of, of the... Of the society. The Golden Door shows that like the celebrity scandal, sexuality is a distraction from the real challenges the world faces. Briskin's opposition to the orbiting brothel is part of a realization that sexuality has become banal. The closing down of the satellite goes hand-in-hand with his efforts to find a suitable frontier for the bibs. Ending the population crisis means sexuality could return to its proper role, the cultivation of family and the raising of children. Dick. The radical in so many areas was almost reactionary in the question of sex and the family. It's also revealing his misunderstanding of the evolutionary role of sexuality as a general tool of social cohesion and not strictly about reproduction. And here I only refer to, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name, but um, the book Sex of Dawn, right? The author of the, the authors of that book, there's two of them, pointed out that, you know, while a lot of animals maybe have sex two or three times for every... Pregnancy, humans have sex thousands of times for every pregnancy. So there's something about sex beyond reproduction for humanity. Okay, one last theme to briefly mention, that's race. With the United States, of course, having achieved a first black president decades before Dick predicted here, we may find the crack in space, racial arguments dated. The novel was written in the middle of the civil rights movement, a time when the movement was turning away from questions of political access to one of social equality, right? The Civil Rights Bill and the Voting Rights Bill had achieved at least the political rights, but there was still like this question of social equality, especially in the cities. And this is why you had the rise of the Black Power Movement and SNCC and movements like that that were more concerned with urban questions rather than the questions of the South. Dick makes the case that political access is less significant than social equality. In this way, he builds on organizations like the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee (SNCC) and the Black Power movement of the later 60s. The novel ends with the suggestion that electing a black president is the easy part. In any case, race and racism run throughout the novel, building on the general theme of the unequal role of technology in a class-based society. So that does it. That's my thoughts about Crack Space. Uh, a great novel, actually. So give it a chance. I know it has its faults. I don't want to talk too much about them. They're, they really have to do with the narrative and the writing. I think thematically, it's so on point and so relevant to us that that we have to read this book and, and think about it. Um, there, that's my case for, for uplifting the Kraken in space into in, higher up in the, in the Philip Dick canon. But maybe you have your own opinions, so please leave those opinions below or send me an email at 100 at gmail.com. I would love to hear what you have to say about this novel. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I will see you next time when, I, when I'll when i be talking about Now Wait for Last Year, uh, a novel I very much like for different reasons. Um, it's it's a very different novel. It's, it's in some ways more... Akin to his other 1960s novels, but it has a lot of interesting political questions as well. So i look forward to talking about that. I'll probably do that over three or four parts, probably four parts. It's it's a little bit longer than The Crack in Space. So thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you then when I talk about Now Wait for you Last Year you will find peace and contentment forever if you